You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, happy Saturday, and welcome into Arrowhead Pride's Best of the Week. My name is Pete Sweeney. I'm the editor-in-chief of ArrowheadPride.com. On this podcast, we'll go to out of structure as they go through the worst problems with the Chiefs right now. We continue around the 1040 mark with the editor's show and marinated takeaways from the Chiefs game against the Buffalo Bills. We turn the page around the 30-minute mark with the Great British Chiefs show as they take their first look at the Washington football team. And then we finish up with Show and BK on the Chiefs as they discuss what needs to happen this week when the Chiefs have the ball. But first up, here is the Out of Structure Podcast. Ron Kopp and Matt Stagner. This is Arrowhead Pride's Best of the Week. The best list of worst things about the Chiefs this year. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So with the first pick, uh, I'm going with Mahomes turnovers because he is Mahomes is the one factor on this team you can always count on. He's the one thing that I mentioned before that just – erases other bad plays what do you do when it's Mahomes that's making the bad play when it's Mahomes that's the problem I don't know that there's a solution so I can't imagine anything worse on this team than Mahomes making turnovers so that's my number one pick that's a that's a good number one pick because if your best player is putting the ball in harm's way and 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 you know giving the possession to the the other team when the defense is already not very good, I mean that's that's crucial and that's been the reason why this team's lost at least two of their games. Uh, this the Buffalo game does not count because I don't think the turnovers were uh, you know as prevalent even though they were bad. So yeah, I, I'd say that's a great number one pick, but. I'm going to go on the other side of the ball. Wait, wait, hold on. Did you just say the Buffalo game doesn't count for Mahomes and turnovers? Well, I just meant it wasn't as impactful as the other <laughs> game. No, I, yeah. I, I'm, uh, you know, uh, that's one of the things I looked at from last night's game. They had, he had two interceptions and a fumble. I mean, this, this was a, this was a Mahomes turnover game. Yeah, there was other stuff that went wrong, but if, if those turnovers by Mahomes turn into, uh, you know, turn into to positive plays, there's a very, very different outcome on this. Yeah, it's just the turnover necessarily, you know, Tyreek drops one and it goes into the safety's hands for a pick six. You know, uh, we didn't talk about it, but that second interception in the red zone, you know, Lucas Niang probably should have done a better job of blocking Russo and, and getting his hands down so he can't tip the ball up on that throw because it was a quick pass. And and we saw Niang cut, cut him earlier and actually led to a good play. Uh, you need to do that because it was a quick pass to that side. And, and Niang just kind of allows him to to jump up, get his hands up, and that's what that pick happened. So yeah, no, I'll, I'll buy that. I'll I think you know we talked about that. There's there's certainly some blame to be placed elsewhere for a lot of the turnovers that Mahomes has had. So I'm not I'm not saying Mahomes is the number one problem on this team. I'm saying the turnovers, uh, you know, from Mahomes uh, is is arguably the number one problem because they've they're now leading the league in turnovers. Um, lost with 11 uh, tied with Jacksonville I think so that's a dubious honor right there <laughs> Jesus. and Mahomes has 
you know, as many interceptions this year as he had all of last year already. I mean, this is a, this is turning into a, a pattern and a problem. And, and it is the one problem they can't overcome. If, if Mahomes isn't the guy overcoming the other issues that they've got nothing. Well, yeah. And, and, and that was why I agreed with your, you know, your pick is because yeah, if, if your best player is the one making the game changing crucial mistakes, and even like, like we said, even if it's not necessarily on him, if the ball is coming out of his hands and turning into a turnover, you know, it goes into his box score. And so just the general turnovers of his has been a huge problem. But I'm going to go on the other side of the ball for pick number two in this draft. And it's got to be the pass rush. I, I think the pass rush unit in general has just been bad. And, and, I, and, and I've been waffling back and forth like, okay, is it more the coverage mistakes? Is it more? No, I, I, I think when you talk about the expectations of this defense, the coverage has always been, you know, eh. You know, they, they put average players in the secondary. Sometimes they blow coverage. That happens. I was expecting this defensive line to dominate games. I was expecting this defensive line to take over games with Jaron Reed as a force inside and, and Chris Jones. I know he didn't play last night, but Chris Jones being defensive player of the year worthy. And then the depth guys and Dana has been good. Mike Dana has been a good player. Still. I think his, his, all his good plays just come on him hustling and not necessarily him making these spectacular individual plays. Um, This defensive line needs to be better. And the run defense hasn't been awful overall. So I'm going to pin it on the pass rush. They need to have more pass rush production. Where's Tershawn Wharton? Dude looked like one of the best pass rushers from the inside of any young player in the NFL last year. And this year, I don't remember one time, you know, maybe I think Chargers game, he maybe had one, but I don't remember one time he's made an impactful pass rush snap. So it's, it's been, it's, it's been very disappointing. And that's why I think they're the number one reason on my board. uh, that They are. That's a good point. You know, I, when you first said that, I kind of hesitated a little bit. I'm like, oh, that, that definitely wasn't the next player or the next issue on my board. Uh, this, is, this is probably the sixth issue that I have listed in, in my extensive research that I did prior to this draft. But <laughs> you're right, though. This, this, we expected a dominant defensive line. We expected Jones, Clark, and Reed to play off each other, to feed off each other. Uh, Warden, you know, to provide a spark I- inside. And, and almost none of that's happened. Now, yeah, there's been injuries. Uh, the only guy that's been fully healthy that entire time of that first three is, is, is uh, uh, sorry, Jaron Reed, and he hasn't been as effective. I will argue that Jaron Reed made a couple of decent plays last night. Uh, he, was, he was inches away from a couple of, of game changers last night, but not good enough. I just saw a stat that said that Frank Clark had five pressures last night, uh, and nobody else on the defense had more than one. And so you get Frank Clark back on the field, which is great. He gets a little bit of pressure, but at the same time, Jones is on the sideline and nobody else does anything uh, to get after the quarterback. Josh Allen had all the time that he needed and, and the pass rush was definitely an issue last night. And frankly, it, it has been an issue all season. So um, I think you're right when you come to the, what the Spagnolo defense is predicated upon. It's, it's pressure. It's unpredictable pressure. And it's uh, making, you know, turnovers and game-changing plays. And this defense has had none of that. And you can trace a lot of that failure back to the pass rush. Yeah, and, it, and it's hurt the coverage. Because um, I think there is an argument to say, hey, is the coverage the, the, the worst thing that's not helping the pass rush? Or is it the other way around? And for a while, I was actually maybe on the side that the coverage has been so bad that it's not even allowing the pass rush to develop. But I think, I think I'm flipping that because it does seem like quarterbacks have had all day against this team all year um you know only in spurts when they blitz are they getting pressure and that's just not a good sign 
like we said, the defensive line had high expectations. They're one of the least effective pass rush units in the entire NFL. All right. Well, it's time for the third pick in the draft. Uh, we'll take a break after the first two rounds and, and uh, let our sponsors weigh in. But for now, I'm off with the third pick. I'm going to go with the aforementioned Dan Sorensen as the third biggest issue uh, for this team so far this year. You know, it, again, you hate to call out one player, um, but it's been pretty glaring on a week-in, week-out basis that he either he's not in the right position to do what he does best or he's just not playing up to his expectation. I would say uh, it's probably both, and, and that's a problem that the, the team needs to address in one way or another. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you there. Uh, I Sorensen was my number three on the board too, so there you go. Uh, you know, we were on the same page there. We already talked about Dirty Dan enough, so we can. I'll just go ahead to my next pick here. And I know it's similar to yours uh, first pick, but I think it is different. I think the team's general ball security has been a huge problem this year because it's one of those things where you say, hey, it's correctable. You know, fumbles happen. You know, you know it, it's going to happen. Maybe there's a bit bad game one week. That's going to correct itself. You know, you're not going to, for whatever reason, this team does not like holding on to the ball. Byron Pringle has fumbled two kickoffs in a row, uh, you know, this week and last week. Tyreek Hills fumbled a crucial fumble. Clyde has two fumbles. You know, uh, obviously the drops count, in my opinion, as ball security. Tyreek had a couple bad drops against Buffalo. We've seen bad drops from the secondary receivers this year. Pringle had a pretty bad drop game against the Chargers. Uh, you know, it's just all ball security has just been awful. And they're giving the ball away in, in more ways than just one, more ways than just, hey, Mahomes has a bad throw, you know, maybe a seldom fumble. They're giving the ball away in every aspect of the game you could imagine. And that's it's it's at some point you think it's going to be correctable. But this is a part of this team now. It's part of the narrative right now that they have terrible ball security. And I think they've earned it because it's not improving. It's just not improving at all. And I don't, I don't want to hear about a rain excuse because that's an awful excuse for this has been, this has gone on way longer than just last night. And so I think ball security has been a huge issue and it's going to continue to be an issue. They need to correct it. And and I need to see it happen. There's a motivational quote that says you are what you repeatedly do. And, and I think, you know, the, the chiefs are who they are at this point. They're, they're the team that turns the ball over more than anybody else in the league. And, And you're right. It's been in all phases. That fumble last night by Pringle on the on the kick return was just was just brutal to see the ball just flying up in the air like that, um, you know, to go along with a fumbled snap and, a, and a, an interception that was a drop and an interception that was a uh, that was a bad block. So I mean, you've got you've, you you kind of hit the whole bingo card of ways to turn the ball over, uh, even just in one game alone, if not the the rest of the season. So. Back here on the Arrowhead Pride Editor Show, Pete Sweeney, John Dixon. We are in week six of the NFL season. The Chiefs are in last place still, two and three in the division. But they look to turn it around this Sunday against the Washington football team. Before we turn the page with Great British Chiefs show tomorrow, we have your world-famous marinated takeaways. And we start with John Dixon. John, what do you got? Well, as always, we we tend to touch on these because they're on our minds as we begin the show before we get here. But uh, I think that what we're going to see from uh, Jarek McKinnon uh, while Edward Zolaire is hurt is going to be very interesting. Um, This is a player that we were very excited to see play for the Chiefs in the preseason. We thought we'd see more uh, of him than we have. And now he's going to get an opportunity to play. Uh, I think we may see the Chiefs use him differently. 
But uh, the point you made earlier, I think, is also correct, that he stylistically is much more like uh, Edward Zolaire, um than he is Daryl Williams, than Daryl Williams is. And so they might end just end up just using him in exactly the same way. It'll, it'll be very interesting to see how they play this out. And if they give him more touches as a receiver, uh, then when Edward Zolaire is back, maybe they give him more touches. There's it, a, lot, a lot of different ways that this could play out. I agree with you. I think it's going to be very interesting. And one point that I, I think is worth saying here, I don't know if it's likely, but there's a non-zero percent chance that Clyde Edwards Zolaire could lose his job. It, yeah. it's, it's just as the case. And not like I said, not to say that it's likely, but yeah. I think the Chiefs are high on Jarek McKinnon. And if he goes bananas here in this opportunity these next couple of weeks, it could be a situation where you just don't go back to the other guy because things are are working right in a, in a sense. And not to say Clyde won't have other opportunities if, if that played out in, in future seasons. But at a certain point, you may go with the, the same player, um, at, you know, as you go here. So uh, I'm eager to see what McKinnon could do. Uh, I know it, it's tough for Clyde because he was coming off finally, I think, having mm-hmm. some consistent yeah. success there. And right. this seems to keep happening to him in his young career. This happened toward the end of the last season where I thought he finally was putting things together and coming into his own. And then he has the setback where he really wasn't even 100% at, toward the end of the playoffs. He had to get to the offseason until then. So I think the Chiefs will be cautious here with getting him back. And they have some options here. They're exploring other options reportedly from ESPN and Marlon Mack as well. Well, I think you're, I think you're right. I, I, I agree that it's not likely, but we could see uh, McKinnon become the starting running back over time. But boy, if that happens, these people who've been complaining about the Chiefs using a first-round pick on a running back, <laughs> if, if Edward Zolaire becomes uh, the backup, Mr. those Roy people are going, their heads are going to explode. So I just, Twitter. you know, just want to warn you about that. Roy Twitter for the week. Um, yeah. I want to make a point about the the schedule, and again, you you noted this, John. I, I hinted at it in, in in the last segment, but you know, we looked at the schedule at the beginning of the season when the schedule came out: Browns, Ravens, Chargers, Eagles, and Bills. And we felt if the Chiefs can get out of there three and two or four and one, that would be a pretty good start to the year, because you're really facing all of the AFC contenders right in one shot. Mm-hmm. And you had these turnover games where you drop these close games against the Ravens and Chargers. And then you face a Bills team where, you know, the problems keep piling up and the game just gets away from you. And it's 38 to 20. Probably was closer than the score, especially if you consider I I thought the referee involvement to an extent um, over involvement on both sides. Again, I'm not complaining about uh, the call specifically on on the Chiefs. Who knows, you know, with a different crew, how, how this game plays out. Um, but the Chiefs were awfully close if, if you consider those Ravens and Chargers wins to being three and two or four and one even. Mm-hmm. I, I I won't yeah. give them the Bills game because no matter what, the, they weren't going to win this game with the way that, that they're playing. So I, I I look at the schedule now and it goes WFT, who we're going to be talking about the rest of the week on ourheadpride.com. You have the Tennessee Titans up and down year who lost to the Jets. I understand that they were they were beaten down a little bit, but come on. The New York Giants. I can tell you, and I'm certain of this, the Chiefs are going to win these three games. They are. I, I, I know that they're playing terribly right now, um, but they are better than all these teams, even 
maybe on their worst day, in my opinion. I, I know some people are like, well, the Titans, I, I, I don't consider the Titans that. So you're going to be looking at at five and three, and then you get another measuring stick game against the Green Bay Packers. And that'll be the, the next one to me where, all right, it's time for the Chiefs to show that they are capable of beating a team like this because they're going to need that confidence boost going into the, the second part of the season. And what happens here as you go is you just like never know what happens in the NFL. Like the Chargers look really good now, as do the Buffalo Bills, but they could drop a game. We saw the Buffalo Bills drop one uh, against the Pittsburgh Steelers in, in week one. And maybe this starts to come back to you a little bit. But here's the thing. You got to win. And I, I do think they'll win the next yeah. three games, but you got to take care of your own business. And it's so early. You know, I, I don't want to say that 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 the division is out. I don't think the division is out by any means because you get another shot at the Chargers and, and they'll drop one eventually. AFC buy seems a little less likely, but there's mm-hmm. still a lot to play for when it comes to home field. Let, let's just say the Chiefs don't get the AFC buy. You know, we're talking about months down the line here and they have to play in the wild card. And then, and then, you know, you win a wild card game and then you get to that next round. The top seed can be knocked out by whoever they're playing, in a sense, if, if you build this thing right. And you could still have an AFC title game. Uh, you just have to see how it goes. There's so much time right. here. And the Chiefs' schedule opens up a little bit for them where they're going to beat these teams and you'll feel better about it. What'll be bad is if you get to the Packers game, you're like, you're feeling good about five and three. And then what has t- taken place in these last couple of weeks just rears its ugly head but that's the stretch we have ahead and i just think it's worth remembering that at this stage yeah in total though the chiefs actually face a fairly difficult schedule uh over the remaining weeks of the season compared to the rest of the league this was something we talked about this briefly uh on sunday morning that i was going to look this up because i had a spreadsheet set up from last year where i could do it and um and i wrote about it after the the game this week uh, and I, it, I found it kind of surprising because I had uh, just assumed that since the, you know, normally these NFL schedules, they front load it one way or another way. You know, you get your weakest teams first and your strong teams at the end or vice versa. And so when I saw the strong teams at the beginning, I thought, OK, it's going to get easier towards the end. And yes, you're right. These next few weeks should be fairly easy. But after that, when they get into the meat of their division schedule, remember, they haven't played the Raiders or the Broncos yet, just one of the Chargers games. And both of those teams have good records. And that's part of why the Chiefs have a fairly strong uh, opponent schedule in front of them is that they've only played one of their AFC West games. And then they got the Packers in there. And, you know, there's there's other games towards the end of the schedule that, that might be problematic. So... You know, this is a bad that so they may not be as hard as they look right now, but you know, if you got to look at it on what the one lost records are right now, they actually have a pretty tough schedule. I think it's going to be fine for a few games, but I do think that that Packers game is going to be the next measuring stick for the Chiefs. All right, what was your next marinated takeaway, John? Um, you know, I, I I talked about after this game the pass rush being an issue. Um, you know that they, as I've said many times, that you can rush against you can rush against the Chiefs, but you just can't pass against the Chiefs, and uh, and expect to to uh, you, the Chiefs have to give up less passing yards than they do rushing yards in order for the for the the game to be a victory for them. That's something the defense has always been able to do well. Even when Bob Sutton was here, we had a decent pass defense. 
And uh, people always look at the cornerbacks first, but I'm really starting to wonder if the, if the pass rush is the problem, that we're not getting enough pressure on these quarterbacks, giving them all day and, and just too much time for cornerbacks and safeties to, to cover these players uh, in the secondary. So, yeah. um, well, you mean, know, cer- I'm, I'm not the only when, one who's worried about this, but <laughs> certainly when you're playing uh, Josh Allen and certainly when yeah. you're playing Lamar Jackson and certainly when you're playing Justin Herbert. And that's where, you know, I I look at these next few games. I'm not worried about Taylor Heineke having extra time or even Ryan Tannehill to an extent. Daniel Jones, you got to figure out your pass rush by the time Aaron Rodgers is the next opponent. Yeah. I mean, that, mm-hmm. because it's these quarterbacks who can go toe to toe with Patrick Mahomes like that to me are the problem teams right now. And when the defense is that bad and then Mahomes feels like he has to do more than even he is capable of that is leading to me to the losses. And, and so I, I completely agree. The defensive line has not been healthy. I don't think mm-hmm. it's helping Jaron Reed that Frank Clark missed basically the entire beginning of the season. And even in the sense that Frank Clark comes back in and you're still missing Chris Jones, uh, Mike Dana mm-hmm. has been a pleasant surprise, but wow, he's the only bright spot of your defensive line right now. Like that is a significant problem. So I completely agree. My next marinated takeaway John, is uh, the sense that the defense, to me, it, you, you want to say, oh, it'll be a quick fix by inserting Danny Sorensen onto the bench and bringing in uh, Juan Thornhill. I thought Mina Kimes, who does a great job nationally on ESPN, made a good point in the sense that the Chiefs play a lot of dime personnel, meaning the three safeties are out there anyway. So unless you're becoming strategic and you're you're starting to put guys in the lineup, um, now Thornhill in, in that Sorensen spot would certainly help when you're in the base and, and the nickel. But I'm I'm talking about some of these um, sub packages. Like, do you start to tap in? Maybe it makes more sense to get Lamons going, or um, you, you think about you know Dorian O'Daniel profiles like a little bit as a hybrid player i know he's listed as a linebacker these guys who play special teams like o'daniel and watts do you go that far and say no dan Sorensen, you are just going to play special teams man um it i don't know if it's necessarily a quick fix for two reasons because of how much dime the chiefs play with three safeties anyway and then it's an unknown door right like there is a possibility that the chiefs could put Thornhill on the field and he may not be the answer like different isn't always right. good and mm-hmm. it, I think it's just and it may be I think it's just approaching the question of are the Chiefs to a point where anything else is better I think that is arguable and I would probably say yeah you gotta try it right but I right. caution I caution people and, and I caution myself from even thinking like this is definitely going to work. And I, I, I just wanted to, I think, get that out there. That, like, that's my deeper thought about this Sorensen problem. No, I think, I think that's exactly right. Um, it's real easy to point at a player on a defensive unit and say, this guy is too slow. He's no good in coverage. we got to get him off the field. Okay, that's fair. You can do that. You can notice those things. Those things can be true. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's the right choice for the team. Right. You know, there are reasons that Sorensen is a positive on this team. He's pretty good in the box and he's bad in coverage. 
So they have to find the way where they can use him to, to his best advantage. And I don't think that's having him on the field for 100% of the snaps. I, I agree with you. I think we got to try this and make sure that, that there isn't some other way where we can use him better. But, you know, they've got a lot of variables to, to mess with here. And it may be an issue of, well, okay, yeah, we think Juan Thornhill is better as a coverage safety. But if we, but if we lose that run uh, defense in the box where Sorensen is better, then that doesn't make these other things work for us. So I think you're exactly right. It's gotten to the point they have to try it. But I think we have to be careful to assume that that's going to solve some huge problem. Because it might, but it might create a larger one. We just don't know until they try it. Any other marinated takeaways from this game, John? Um, I just, you know, we talked about this a little bit already and on the Mahomes uh, issue. Um, I think it's important to note that uh, Mahomes is still a good quarterback. He's still probably the best quarterback in the league. He's going through a rough patch right now, some of which is his fault, some of which is not his fault. And uh, I, I think fans of other teams are are uh, chomping at the bit to show, oh, yeah, this is the problem you've always going to have with this guy, that he's making all this money and he's not going to be as good as he was for the first couple, three seasons. And I think it's way too early to make that kind of a judgment about it. So, uh, you know, I, I think we need to give him some time to figure out how to get over this newest hump in his life. He's been lucky that he hasn't had to get over too many of them. And when he has, he's been able to do it with ease. But, you know, I think the guy's got all the character and all the talent in the world, and I think he'll get through this. Um, So we just have to give him the opportunity to do so. I think that's a great point, and it is worth remembering that the Chiefs did have some struggles, and it was we talked about it a little bit with the read quotes there but it was with man coverage in 2019 and there was some similar freaking out it was only two losses in a row uh, mm-hmm. then Mahomes got hurt and he ended up coming back and and the rest is history but that was the year the Chiefs won the Super Bowl like I they're gonna figure this out <laughs> that's the that's the best way and they have again I had three softer games to do so before they get going again right. as you mentioned right. Don uh, with that that deeper schedule so those are your marinated takeaways. My last one is the fact, and, and really quick one here. I, I know it was limited opportunities. I'm, I'm, I brought up your snap counts again. Josh Gordon only had eight offensive snaps, 10%. Uh, he ended up having a catch. He, he looks the part. Uh, I, I yeah. think he'll, I think he'll be the number two receiver. Um, it'll take some time here. Quite obviously the fact that he was able to even get in a game. Remember the original reports were that uh, it would take a few weeks for him to even be conditioned. That's mm-hmm. the one thing you know by him being on the field is that he was ready, um, which is impressive considering he hadn't played since 2019, but he was conditioned. That was a question. And then enough of the playbook to get eight plays built in. Let's give this guy a few weeks. I think you'll see, and I'm going to, I'm, I'm going out on a limb here, but I don't care. I think you'll see a couple. <laughs> I think you'll see a couple of a hundred yard games for Josh Gordon. You know, you, you've been wondering, when are you going to get this next Travis Kelsey or Tyree Kill capable of that in the lineup? I I am I am high. I, I'm as Matt as our Matt Stagner would say. I am bullish on the Josh Gordon <laughs> <laughs> experiment. All right. Well, you know, I, oh, I said sorry, right ahead. off the top here that this was this felt more like a postseason move than a regular season move. Yeah. You know that this was this was a guy that they're thinking about the postseason with yeah. Josh Gordon. 
And so uh, I agree. I think that over time we're going to see him used more and more. And and he really the one the one target he had on Sunday he looked fantastic. Right. Um, yeah. You know. So there's every reason to think that he could be a good player at this point. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is you know the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So we've gone through the Chiefs and Bills game. Now we continue on with the Great British Chiefs show as they take a first look at the Washington football team. I'm just looking at uh, our next opponents, the Washington football team. They are 24th. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Well, let's see how they play next week. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Right, okay, mate. Um, I think we'll leave the Arrowhead Pride power rankings for that one. Let's, uh, Let's look forward, actually. Let's let's forget the past. Look forward. Obviously, we're trying to be very positive on all of this at the moment, mm-hmm. and uh, and and hopefully <laughs> talk up what Washington football team are now. The Chiefs obviously taking on the Washington football team in week six, and we'll be hoping to change their fortunes around in the in the nation's capital. But what have the Chiefs got to do to steady the ship in this matchup? Don't shoot yourselves in the foot. Turnovers. Like, yeah. Don't, just don't play a semi-clean game of football. And you'll beat the Washington football team comfortably. But we don't want to see just a semi-clean. We want to see like a very clean, squeaky clean, like industrial cleaner, industrial bleach type clean game. Clinical. Yes, yes. Like you know, like when the in-laws come around and (laughs) your missus just goes absolutely mental with cleaning the house. Or even worse, if your parents come around and then your missus goes oh has to go on a tear up on the house and like literally blitz from top to bottom of the house that's what the chiefs need to do on sunday they just need to be top to bottom sparkling clean no turnovers good on defense good against the run good against running quarterbacks just just basically perfect that's what i want to see from the kansas city weekend i don't think they need to be like that to win this game but it's what i want to see yeah, I think you're right. I think clinical it was the, my word, obviously, on that. That you you need to see this team clicking again. You need to see them just just settling down, going through the motions, going into Washington, getting the dub, and you know 
onto the next week. That's what you want to see in this team, don't you? Yeah. But also a bit more. Um, it, I, I think we're seeing these these next few games as more of a. We've mentioned it before, like a gelling process yeah. for a lot of them, um, especially like the likes of the all line. But um, the, the defense really needs to find something again. And yeah. and I don't know what it is, but seeing the likes of of Tyron Matthew being in the box while we've got Sorensen back in coverage. Um, that for me doesn't seem right. It seems a bit backward for me. I don't know why. I don't know. It's because I've probably seen Sorensen being um, mainly in the box and Tyron Matthew being that kind of free safety at the back. But they just need to find something. And I, I, I'm not, I'm not the one to obviously say what I think they should be doing because I'm no expert. You know, Spags is the guy that needs to be, you know, dialing this up and doing his homework on what the um, the opposition offenses are doing. And and, and and just a solid game. That's all we need. And hopefully if we can get, obviously, the likes of uh, Chris Jones back and Frank Clark together at the same time and actually see the, the you know, the, the defensive ends adding some pressure on there. Yeah. Um, because, you know, Hennig, he's, he's a good player. He's yeah, been this, playing well. This offense, this offense is that they're going against on Sunday is like bang average. Like you look at their weapons outside of Scary Terry. Well, they've got Logan Terry. Thomas, who's like... Uh, a good tight end, probably overhyped a little bit. Then yeah. Adam Humphreys, well, we'll remember Adam Humphreys for his touchdown late against the uh, Chiefs of the Titans a few years ago, but he's nothing yeah. to write home about. Well, they've got Curtis Samuel, but I think he went, got, went down injured in, in the last game. And they've got Anthony Gibson. Like, But outside of that, what have they got? Yes, they have a strong O-line, but ultimately the game is about quarterbacks and you've got Taylor, mm. Taylor Henneke against Patrick Mahomes. And whilst Taylor Henneke has looked better, um, in more recent times, that he's still loose with the football. He still yeah. throws horrible turnovers. There was a point when they were driving on Sunday against the Saints, and he threw an interception, which they, they, the Saints intercepted at the one yard line. Like talk, mm-hmm. like red zone turnovers are just a killer. And like he, they, they, mostly they've been pretty good in the red zone, but he's still he's still like capable of making a mistake. And on Sunday, he it wasn't his best game. He made some really, really bad throws and made some yeah. terrible decisions. But, but he seems dangerous when he's running the football. And yeah. I'm hoping that the Chiefs are going to learn their lessons from finally like the Josh Allen game, the Lamar Jackson game, where they might actually keep someone to spy a quarterback because Taylor Henneke is not afraid to run the football. And he's pretty quick. He's mm-hmm. a small oh, he's guy. Rapid. He can move. He looks like Roadrunner when he runs because he's so small. <laughs> His legs move so fast, like as well. You know, he's like, <laughs> wanting to go, like you just can imagine, just as he's about to run the ball, goes beep beep. Let's go. Like, um, he's, a, he's a dangerous runner, and he's this typical like backup quarterback that's just not scared to put his body on the line. You know, like how Chad Henney did in the uh, game against the Browns. So just like, I'll put my body on the line. It's fine. I'm a backup. It's okay. That's what Taylor Henneke looks like in a moment. So yeah, this offense they're going against isn't great, and the Chiefs' defense should have more success. But based on what we've seen so far from this Chiefs defense, I'm not entirely sure it's actually going to happen. Yeah, the uh, Washington football team rushing yards. Uh, I've got a stat here that they are 16th overall, and the Chiefs are seventh overall with their rushing yards. So um, yeah, the Washington. Yeah, although they they, they obviously mediocre, um, they, they probably have a lot more yards if they're going against this Chiefs uh, mm-hmm. this Chiefs run day at the minute. But um, clearly the the they're not that big of a threat if obviously the middle of the road, um, I think with the, with their, with their rushing threat, but um, going back to what you said about turnovers, um, you know, obviously we know that chiefs have had 11 turnovers in so far, um, but you know, they're quite similar as well. The Washington football team, they've got, they've had seven in the last, you know, the first five games. So they do give it away. 
Yeah, they do give it away. Um, and both teams are, are, are the same on takeaways as well. They've got four all in all. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be interesting. I think turnovers is definitely going to be the key on this. Like you said, if the if the Chiefs are more clinical and they're clean and crisp and they don't turn the ball over, it's it's night night. It's game over for the for the Washington football team for sure. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And like another interesting gauge uh, for this game is third downs because Washington are not good on third downs. Like they are near the bottom no. of the league in third down percentage. So if they if the Chiefs manage to hold them to to get actually get into third down situations and manage to get the stop, it'd be interesting to see what Ron Rivera does on these fourth downs because there was one instance yeah. where the, he was at fourth and ten at midfield and he went for it. Probably the right decision given the game situation. And admittedly, they didn't make it, but he had the balls to actually go. For, for that fourth down. So it'll be interested to see how they attack um, the Chiefs' offence. Are they going to go with the same approach as most teams have so far this season where they know they're playing with four downs so they can call their plays to, to match that? Like, if you know you've got four downs, you need to average two and a half yards of play. I know it doesn't ever work like that, but yeah. you can... You can be a bit safer with the football. You can you can run the ball a little bit more. You give more of your offensive playbook in play if you know you've got four downs to go for the 10 yards. So it'd be interesting to see what they do in that. They have yeah. to fight fire with fire. They have to. It's because that's their only chance of winning this game is can they get a steal? Can they get a takeover from the Chiefs? And if you believe the hype going into the season when everyone was talking about this Washington defence being the next best defence, that was genuine conversations going in. They were looking at the defensive line, Chase Young and his guys, and they were thinking, right, this defence is going to be one of the league's best, and it just hasn't worked out that way. Well, we don't want them having a breakout game this week. (laughs) We just don't want it to happen. So hopefully the Chiefs do play this clean game we keep talking about, and the Washington football team have to play a perfect game on offence to even stand a chance being the Chiefs. Yeah. Sorry to throw in more stats in here, but this is an interesting one, actually, because um, obviously we know that the Chiefs are probably down at the bottom uh, as, as one of the one of the worst defences around at the minute. Um, but it's interesting when you see that the likes of points given up um, and obviously the Chiefs have given up 163, which means they are literally ranked last in this. Mm-hmm. Um but 31st place is the Washington football team, wow. 155. <laughs> <laughs> so if you are betting the over and under on this game, bet the over. <laughs> Definitely bet the over on the points. Um, but yeah, but I mean, clearly both defences are really struggling. And I think like you were touching on there, both were really expected to do really well. We mm. were expecting this defence to be a lot better than what they were, you what was. they have been. I was definitely for sure. I wasn't. Um, I predicted a 2018 esque season. So, well, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> they won't trump it. <laughs> <laughs> they won't trump it. Um, I, say, I told you so, as the hives so famously sang. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. Uh, should we do uh, predictions, mate? Yeah, when we're skipping ones to watch this. You're getting bad, mate. Your old age. You're old. Oh, age. and I've got it. I've got that. I've got that first predictions and then once to watch. I've got it swapped around. Every single week now, you're making an error towards the end of the show. It's like you're getting tired as we go on. You're like that old man sitting in his chair at Christmas who's just like gets to like five o'clock. He's had his dinner. He's had two mince pies and had a couple of too many whiskeys. And now he's just I'm out. His chair. <laughs> I'm out. Yeah. All right then. Uh, ones to watch. Let's do that first then. Okay. Uh, I'm going for the quarterbacks. Both of them. Uh, oh. As you just mentioned, 31st uh, ranked defense against 32nd in terms of points allowed. Like it's all there for the quarterbacks both to have big days. So they they should both have big days. Taylor Henneke should get his on the ground. It's whether he can cut out the stupid throws. If Patrick Mahomes can get his mind right and 
trust his pocket a little bit and hit receivers in the hands as opposed to the feet, then yeah, this this this, this could be another high scoring game. So yeah, I'm going for both quarterbacks. I'm uh, I'm going for uh, Terry, scary Terry. Nice. Um, for the body the catching phenomenon himself. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we've we've obviously seen the Chiefs getting burned by the Bills over the top, and yeah. I just think if 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 Terry's got his mind in this game, he's looking to obviously make a statement of uh, of his prowess. Let's say, I think they, they could easily carve out some chunk plays. Yeah. against this this Chiefs defence. So I think Terry McLaurin's going to be one of the uh, the big ones on this. Don't you just hope um, that Thornhill plays this week? He's got oh, to, hasn't he? He has to. Play. He has to. I mean, they've got to try something now. Spags has got to try something different. Yeah. Uh, I think Thornhill is the, is that is that difference. Yeah. Would you take um, Armani Watts over Daniel Sorensen right now? At the moment, yes. Yeah. At this moment in time, yes. Um, I think Sorensen's missing tackles. He, I mean, that play he gave up on uh, against the Bills, Yeah, that was... Oh, that was that was unforgivable. That that was really unforgivable. Um, but anyway, well, that's not. But it, we're being positive, Tom. We're being optimistic positive. Show the optimistic. <laughs> show. Yeah. Uh, for the Chiefs, I've gone for Daryl Williams, but not for yeah. his rushing, for his passing game. <laughs> okay. For, so I, I actually think the Chiefs are going to learn from this and probably start using their running backs in the passing game a bit more. Mm. You know, a bit of a check down every now and again. Uh, I think Mahomes is going to look at obviously the tape that 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 happened against the Bills and obviously the, against the likes of the Chargers and think, do you know what? I probably should have checked it down a little bit more than, than, than going for the Hollywood passes. Um, so Maybe. I think Dara Williams is is going to be the guy to watch in this. He's going to be the key for unlocking this uh, this defence for sure. I don't know. I, I would say Jerry McKinnon was probably going to be the guy that's going to catch the passes. I saw a tweet the other day that actually got me thinking, and I, I'm not a superstitious guy at all, and right. I don't believe in any paranormal stuff or whatever, but it did make me laugh, not least. Not least. They said the Chiefs getting what they deserved for um, uh, releasing Super Bowl MVP, who then took a uh, year off because of COVID, Damien Williams. <laughs> this is what they're getting, what they deserved. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I thought, actually, yeah, that's probably right. We're just not taking care of it, right? We're not taking care of the ball. Like, to me, like, these are, like, the, the first one, as we've been doing, we do every week when the Chiefs have the ball is Patrick Mahomes. That's got to start looking like Patrick Mahomes and the excuses need to be over for Patrick Mahomes. The other one for me is, like, can you limit yourself, as we're talking about with the turnovers? Like, BK, I, I'm serious. I'm not even going to ask for a ton. I'm not going to come in here and beg for a quick turnaround or something. Here, I've, I've taken it in. You are tied, I'm going to say it again, with the Jacksonville Jaguars, a team whose coach looks like he chews condoms as bubblegum. <laughs> you are tied with them with the most turnovers in the sport. You got 11. 11 in the last four games. Two games against playoff-worthy teams, and I have to admit that with the Chargers. Playoff-worthy teams you've had four turnovers against at home. I mean, you know, that, that, that can't happen. I'm not going to beg for, can you limit yourself to one? Can we try there? Can we take baby steps? Can we come out of this game against Washington, a team that seems to be uh, unable to force turnovers? It's not their gig, right? This isn't a team that's always punching the ball out that always, nope, they don't do that. They don't force turnovers. Can you come away with just one? One interception. One. Can we just start there? Because as you said, I'm going to, I don't know if, if you agree, BK, but I, I honestly think this team's four and one. 
if they just took if they just somehow took care of the football. Yeah. I don't think they lose to the Ravens. I don't think they lose to the Chargers. They're in a tight game with the Chargers that came down to the wire and they turned the ball over th- at least three times in scoring zones where they could have at least kicked field goals. So I don't think they lose that game. Now Sunday, I think they just got the ass kicked. Like I don't I don't know. Now the, the turnovers added to it, but I think that was just a tail kicking that I don't know if they could have ever stopped them enough consistently. But they would have they they'd be four and one in my opinion if they just stopped turning the ball over. The Chiefs play with a thin margin for error because of the defense that they put on the field every week. They lose all of their margin for error when they turn the ball over the way that they have thus far this season. And I think that's what's changed. Because in Patrick Mahomes' career, one of the biggest questions was early on, yeah, but can can you trust this guy to keep the ball from the opposing team? Because in college, that was the big question, right? Hey, he's a gunslinger. He's going to throw it to the opponent. You might end up with 40 touchdowns, but you also might see him throw 20 interceptions. Like those were the questions about him. And they were somewhat legitimate, although I thought a little bit overblown because he had so many pass attempts that of course his interception numbers are going to be a little higher. You go by the percentage, not the raw number, but that's neither here nor there. This year, whether you go by percentage or raw number, it's been bad. And it's the first time in his career where that's been the case. Before this season, I'll have to go back and review it, but I'm pretty sure he was the all-time leader in NFL history in terms of the lowest percentage of his pass attempts that had been intercepted. So he had done a really great job early in his career of preventing those types of plays. And this year, it's been the opposite. Three percent of every passes or of all of his passes this year have been intercepted by the opposition. That's just not good enough for him, man. He's got to be better. And then you add in the fact that they're fumbling the ball at such a high rate. It's been a disaster. And this week, if they're able to just if it's one turnover by them and they're able to force one. So you at least end up even on the turnover battle with Washington. You're winning this football game because you're a better team than Washington is. So that's that's got to be one of the biggest yeah. keys going into this one. You're, you're right. I mean, they have got to it seems they've got to be losing these turnover battles at a high clip game in and game out. I mean, four to none. Like, I mean, in this last game, the same thing with the Chargers. Or maybe maybe they got one against the Chargers. I don't think they did. Four none in those games. Like, you're not going to win. And, and, and the frustrating part about it is, especially against the Chargers, it shows how good the Chiefs are that they can be in a game like yeah. that where they keep turning the ball over when they're about to score. And it's just it, – it, it is just – it's just frustrating. Also, the other thing to me when the Chiefs have the ball is that this is going to be a test of Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy and their ego. By the way, before we get to this, over the last three weeks, uh, in terms of turnovers, offense versus defense, the Chiefs have turned the ball over nine times. Their their defense has received zero takeaways. So yeah. they, they're losing the turnover battle offense to defense nine to nothing. And that's, is, that's just too much. And that's on both sides of the ball. Mm-hmm. I mean, my God, we'll get to this defense. The, the last thing is Andy and Eric, uh, they've got to check their ego at the door. And I know what they love to do. They love to get as many weapons out there uh, on routes, and they like to, to really put pressure on the secondary on the defense. You can't let Chase Young ruin this game. You can't. You can't let him, uh, in my opinion, do a lot of the things and looks that you gave Joey Bosa. Your two tackles, in my opinion, even Orlando Brown, who you traded for and you gave it, they are not to a space 
where you can just go five-man protection often in this game and allow them to go one-on-one with, with, with Chase Young. He's just too good. And I'll be honest, sometimes it seems like, I don't, for whatever reason, like Pat's holding the ball a little bit longer than he has in the past, and the guys aren't getting open as quick as they used to. So, I mean, you're giving an extra tick. In this game, you got a chip. You got to use the tight ends. You got to help both of them. Uh, it's isn't just a Lucas Niang thing. It's both of them. Either way, whoever is lining up against Chase Young, you've got to give him help, and you cannot. I just don't think you can consistently go five-man protection as much as the Chiefs like to in this game uh, because I just don't know that those two tackles are able to hold up against him. It's interesting because they they actually gave a little bit more chip help last week um, than I would have expected because the Bills' defensive line, it, it's good, but it's more powerful than it is yeah, not speed much on rushers. The yeah, yeah the, the, the edge rushers that they have are not speed rushers that the way that like a Chase Young is, for example, or uh, Joey Bosa has power, don't get me wrong, but he also has speed that he can get around you with. Um, this was a little different against the bill. So I was a little surprised to see that. And some of that was from Travis Kelsey. And I actually think it threw them off a little bit offensively. Um, I, I would like to see them develop a game plan where you're not, you're not devoting Travis Kelsey into pass pro ever, because he's the type of guy that like you, you, and that's not because he's bad at it. He's not, but he's your best receiver in terms of possession receivers right now. So you got to get him out into his route ASAP. And they're giving so much um, – they're, they're devel- devoting so much exposure to him. They're having so many guys that are on the watchful eye of Travis Kelsey. He's got to win quick. So I, I would rather see him line up in the slot more often or find ways to utilize him in man beaters or quickly off of the line of scrimmage and use like Blake Bell or Daryl yeah. Williams, or those secondary pass catchers in that that regard in terms of the chips and things that will slow down the pass rushers. And the other thing is, where's the screen game? That's something you could get going against a team like this. Um, if you've got a pass rush that you're concerned about, and Washington hasn't been great in that regard this year, but they do have Chase Young, maybe get the screen game going a little bit because that's kind of disappeared in recent yeah. weeks. And that's something that was previously a staple in this kind of an offense. So uh, that, that's something worth considering this week as well. More to do's, less time and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all in one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. 